males are born, men are built. This is the Great Man Podcast, where we want you to build great men as you allow other men to build you. Join New York Times best-selling author Stephen Mansfield, along with seasoned leaders of men, Anthony Flemons and J.T. McCrow, as we bring a wide range of experience and expertise to help you become the great man you are designed to be. With you this week are Anthony Flemons and J.T. McCrow. You want to say it? What? Gentlemen, let us begin. Oh, yeah. Come on, won't you say it once? All right. Okay, go ahead and say it. Gentlemen, let us begin. That's good. I know you've always wanted to say that, so. It's a life goal. Well, I'm glad you achieved it. <laughs> achieved, checked off. So, I'm telling you, when we agreed to do this, we, we should have contractually told Stephen that he can't bring up three major topics. Yeah. In- the 13 minutes that he does his yep. podcast and then flip it to us and so and Fix say, that. you know, Fix hey, that in 30, get that in 30. Yeah. Like, oh my, all right. Each one of these could be an hour podcast. Absolutely. But that's not what we signed up for. <laughs> so, we're, but we'll, 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 we just have to tell him, champ, you got to stick to one. Yeah. Speaking of that big subject, he is a content provider. He is. And we don't yeah. have to worry about anything, man. He just provides all this great content. And then we get a chance to come in and kind of decipher it, whittle it down to bite size, yeah. edible pieces, which is very, uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. And we've talked about most of these yeah. on the renovating. Uh, masculinity podcast so it's 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 an important subject sure uh, all three of them are and i think that um that men need to take action on all these so let's dive right in the first one that he uh that he talked about was marriage and men kind of not choosing to marry until later in life or you know or cohabitating which you know people living together yeah doing everything but the marriage part yeah he which, said, which is kind high- of striking which is kind of striking weird to me anyway but weird yeah i mean it's just it you do everything but go through the ceremony and go down and get your license do the you know get a ring and actually say I, i'm we're married you'll do everything up till that and then that's okay yeah it's kind of like you're from kentucky right i am probably i'm sure you were driving when you were 11 years old or something right? uh okay so funny story <laughs> we just found my grandfather's truck that the first truck I ever drove yeah. at 10 years old. Uh, there you have it. Well, I actually have you beat. I think I was driving at six because my mom left me in a car running. This was back in the day when cars didn't actually have the seatbelts either. But she left me in a car running. And I was, they say I was like four or five years old, but I put it in gear, backed it out of a driveway. The car backed itself out. But they all say that, you know, I was driving, illegally driving, yeah. uh, you know, like five or six years old. But my point was... We digress. Yeah, we digress. My point was, it is in our nature to want to do things out of order. Because I know that you were driving at 10 or 11 years old because that's what you do when there's nothing but cows and horses around for you to run into. But, you know, we always want to go and drive without the license. Yeah. We want to have the benefits of all the fun and all that stuff without really the responsibility of being properly prepared and licensed for a thing. Right. So we enjoy the benefits without actually going through the ceremony. And it's it's in us, even with things like marriage, and especially when culture is going, yes, 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 yeah. yes, it's right. But let's dig in, man. Yeah, I think, I, and again, I think you said it, you know, I mean, look, we've lived, we, we've lived a long time. 
uh, I'm 55. Anthony's 57 or 58. I'm 58. And, you know, there's some experiences that we've seen. There's also some things that that have been put into play culturally that we're just now seeing the outcome of it. Right. And so it's really been this experiment to tell people, you know, Hey, you don't have to be married, you know, Hey, just do what you want to do, do whatever you choose, whatever your truth is. What I mean, we have been fed this diet of self gratification for quite a while now that started back in the, I mean, it's always been around, but really for us, it started really in the sixties and I think we're just now starting to see the outcome of this experiment and it's statistically not good. Yeah. It's not as good as I think. Well, I don't know if they really wanted it to be good. They just wanted people to just be able to do whatever they wanted to without any consequence of that. And if the consequence is bad, then uh, they say, let's get rid of the consequence, not really the actions that led up to that. And I think it's a very, I personally think it's a very, very dangerous way of thinking. You know, as men, man, we we look around for influences around us. And the first great relationship we have in our lives with another man is obviously our father. And if the father is missing, then we go out and we find those relationships everywhere else. But I wonder, with this decline in the attractiveness of marriage, man, is it because men haven't really been taught that there is actually a benefit mm-hmm. to being married? Because all those things in culture, you know, the ball and chain. Yeah, the, sure. The old lady. Sure. And then, like, the men like Stephen, respected men in our society, have we really been loud enough in companies of other men to talk about the joys of marriage? Because those negative things and all of that, every opportunity that they get to proselytize themselves and be spoken out and communicated, men are always willing to share all those negative things about marriage, but are the men that are successfully married and happy, are we talking about it with the same vigor? I don't think that we are. No, I don't think so. You know, we hear a lot, marriage is tough, marriage is hard. And look, it is. Yes. I've been married 31 years. Anthony, you've been married 22 years. I mean, it's not every day is a, a field full of (laughs) Uh, you know, it's not that it's, you know, glamorous and it's pleasurable and it's no, sometimes you, you have to get in, you have to dig in, you have to, uh, do it sometimes. And this is going to be shocking actually out of duty. There are things in our life as men, we do it because we, it's not that we really want to do this. I don't really want to go through this, but yet I'm going to do this because this is my duty to do it. But when you love somebody and they love you and it's the right union, it's not work, JT. Yeah. Uh, again, big fat lie. <laughs> it is work. It is. But any relationship is work. And I've, and I've often told people, you know, they're going through divorce. And this is not, people will say, well, you're shaming people that have gone through divorce. I'm actually not. I, I know that's very tough. It's very hard. I've I've walked many, many men through divorce. It is always tough. And I and I tell them, and I'm very up I'm very straight with them. If you spent as much time in your marriage working on your marriage and working on you as you spend, because now you're having to do this divorce thing. Maybe it was thrust upon him, maybe he chose it, but it's a lot of work. And it doesn't stop. See, people think once you get the paper, it stops. It does not stop. Right. There is an entanglement. And again, 
let me give you a word picture. So connect, when you connect with somebody, the more that you connect, people think that A connects with B and it's like a, it's like an electric cord, right? I got an electric cord. I plug it into the wall. It works. I can unplug it. The connection's gone and the light doesn't work anymore. It's only joined in one place. Marriage is an entanglement. Yeah. And it's, it's multifaceted. It's, it's complicated. There's a lot of tentacles in that. And so it never leaves you. The memories never leave you. If you have children, there's there's fighting for who gets the right to the kids. You know, what's are we doing 50-50? I mean, all these decisions. And it's mind-boggling to me that if you would have spent the amount of work it takes to divorce just on yourself and your mental capacity, your mental fortitude, your mental strength, you wouldn't be going through divorce. I guess one of the things that really got me is is my ability to be honest, even when it doesn't make me look good. That's, yeah. one, that's one of the things. <laughs> oh, no, it's given me so much material. <laughs> that's one of the reasons why I've been invited on this podcast, just so everybody is clear. But with a huge amount of respect that I have for Steven, I just want to verbalize a thing that I think some other guys that are similar to me might have felt. So I'm listening to this podcast and I have a high respect for Steven. And when he says things, man, I ponder them and I take them seriously. And I'm not always looking for ways to disagree. So I'm listening to this podcast and he says something that gives me an out. He says, I think that guys are being way too picky. Mm. And finding a, a, a wife. And I'll have to tell you, the first time that I finished listening to that podcast, I think that I stopped listening right there, if I'm honest, because I was looking for something like that clicked a switch in my head for some reason mm. when he said guys are being way too picky. But it wasn't even eight seconds later when he went back and he said that I do believe that men should be discerning. I do believe that men should be discriminating. I do believe that men should have wise counsel and groups of men around them. But a lot of times, man, we have ideas that are so strong or reactions to things that are so strong. When we hear truth, Mm -hmm. men are being too picky. When we hear truth, all of a sudden we can shut it off and we don't bother to hear the context that follows behind it. And so if I'm honest, the first time I listened to the podcast, I think then I might've stopped listening right there. And then when I begin to listen over uh, and over, which I suggest everybody does with Stephen's uh, podcast, because they're so rich and so full that it takes a moment to really digest them all. But I just wanted to throw that out there that if you're of that opinion, man, that that was a thing that shouldn't have been said, like go back and listen to the context of it, because the more I listen, I am agreeing with that opinion. Now. Yeah. Here's a thought that I had, it, you know, being too picky, because again, I have a, I have a strange way of thinking about this and I, I know it's a little off putting maybe, but I have this thing, man, look, if you're a guy and you're on social media and you're watching all the things that the, you know, TikTok or Instagram, and, and you're looking at this going, well, this is the kind of woman that I want just by appearance only. And I know that's important. Trust me. I mean, absolutely. I mean, my wife's a, a beautiful person, uh, inside out. And, no, and <laughs> if you ever met her and me together, you're looking at her going, did you think he had a lot of money all the time? Uh, so I get it. But here's what I would say. If guys would spend, and this is even in high school, college and beyond, but let's just say if, if they would spend the time trying to figure out what their purpose is, then along the way, you're going to meet a woman that is going to be a part of that purpose, right? Do you understand? Because it's like, I think that when you go looking, I remember telling a guy one time, and I know he listened to this podcast, so he knows it's, it's going to be about him. But 
he would come to me, what, what do you think about her? What do you think about her? What do you think about her? And man, I had to stop him and go, dude, if every woman that comes into your presence is an opportunity, you're going to pick crazy because it's, hmm. it's on your mind way too much. And so then you're, if you're only looking at the physical and again, here's what happens. I'm just telling you, I know this is the truth and you're nobody's going to ever talk me out of this. Yeah. That if you only look at the physical and then you get physical, you will never know the depth of that person until right. after you get married. Right. And everybody does this. this isn't, and this is not, everybody puts up a good front. Everybody puts up, you know, the best of who they are while you're dating. It just, it just is. And it's, it's as you go along in dating. And I promise you, if you let the physical get in the way of that, you're not going to get to know that person to the depth that you could. And I hear it all the time after somebody gets married, they changed. No, they didn't change. It's just now been revealed more of who they are. And you're not, you thought that they would stay this way. And you were hoping they would stay this way. You were hoping that the sex would be incredible all the time. You were hoping that, you know, the communication would be not as deep or, or not, you know, pushing too many of your buttons. Yeah. But it, it just happens and i think it happens way more than people want to admit especially if you've made the choice to live together before uh, you got married yeah and i think that brings in a, a lot of issues that you're going to deal with later that you're you're willing to take the risk in order to get what you want right now yeah and and there's people listening right now to jt that they're going they're shaking their head and they're going that's so freaking boomer of you man it's just I don't get it. You know, there's new ideas out there. And and I just want to tell you from like just a bare, raw place that there is no denying and take this as an experience that if sex happens early, like really early in a relationship, there are things about that person that you are now nose blind to. You yeah. are blind to yeah. because the sex can be overwhelming. It releases all those things that your body is desiring, all those things that are meant to bond you, all those things, those uh, chemical reactions in your body to give you satisfaction. It makes you satisfied in a situation that normally you might not be satisfied in. And so you don't see some of the proclivities. You don't see some of the habits. You don't see some of the reactions. You don't see some of the things that may be on your not possible list or non-negotiable list because the sex is so blinding. The joy of courtship is being able to sit, talk, know, experience, dig deeper, ask questions, all those jokes about being on the phone till five o'clock in the morning and going, you hang up, you hang up. Yeah. Like those things have been lost because we've shortcut, short circuit, all of that in this adventure to have the benefits is the way that Stephen put it, of marriage outside yeah. of marriage. And it's funny because people will say marriage is entrapment. And I would say the exact opposite. No, what culture is saying right now, listen, porn is an entrapment. Having Going out and swiping right and going and having sex that night, entrapment. Dating and where it's just about the sex and about paying bills together and doing everything but taking that covenant of marriage, that's entrapment. Because to, in order to be happy, you have to have boundaries. You cannot be happy without boundaries. And I mean, we have boundaries 
all the time. We deal with boundaries every single day of our lives. We don't look at them as boundaries because we're safe in them and we like them. Right. But it's the ones that we know I'm going to choose what I want because I deserve it. And it would be, I would be frowned upon if I, cause I make this statement. Okay. If you, if you deserve the sex, if you deserve to not get married and do things within the confounds of marriage, then you deserve the consequences too. But we want to be saved from the consequences and we don't want to be judged by those consequences. We just want to have all the fun. And gentlemen, I'm telling you, plain and simple, marriage is not entrapment. Marriage is one of the greatest things that you can ever achieve and experience in this life. But if you're bringing all this baggage into it because you haven't done it right, you haven't put aside self-gratification, you've not learned to sacrifice that, then you're bringing stuff into the marriage that's going to be detrimental. Right. And that's that's not a shame statement. That is a be aware of that so you can start taking care of that right now. It's a rescue. It's not a shame. It's a rescue. It's it going, hey, hey, this is out there. Because the divorce rate is down, as, as, as Stephen said in the last podcast, the divorce rate is down because culture has said you don't have to be married in order to do all the things within a marriage. Just do what you want to do. Have all the freedom. By the way, we will take away consequences. Abortion to me is one of those things that, it, yeah, it's bad. I don't like it. I'm not for it. But it's also, it takes away a consequence. So you never feel the, the, you never feel the pain of doing something that you shouldn't, you shouldn't have done. And I'm saying it, you shouldn't have done it, but now there's not a consequence there. So now I'm free to do it. So let's remove the consequence, keep the act so that we can, we can have our fun. We can be happy, which again, none of this brings happiness. I'm telling you, a, there's nothing better on the planet than a really good marriage. Now, there's nothing worse on the planet than a bad one. Right. Uh, I mean, that's tough, and I get all that. And I know there are circumstances that happen that divorce may be, that, that is the outcome. But, man, we don't fight for it enough. We don't fight for our marriages enough. And the way you fight for it, let me give you the, let me give you the secret of fighting for a marriage, <laughs> is that you improve yourself. You improve your mindset, you improve your mental fortitude, your, your, your mental strength. You do things because you don't want to do them at times because it's not, people think that that, the section of that marriage, the toughness is going to last forever and it doesn't. And the speed of recovery depends on the speed of you and how you're thinking about it. And are you leading? And I mean, again, I think both couples can lead and certain times Shelly leads and certain times I lead. I mean, it's, we're not in a tug of war of who's the boss of our marriage. Right. But man, if you would do those things and stick it out, man, I, you're, it's just going to be better. Your legacy is going to be better. Your inheritance that you leave your kids is going to be better. I mean, all these things that are so far away in life that you don't think about yet, it's going to be so much better. I know that we're going to put a bow on this. What's the perfect age for a guy to start really seriously thinking about getting married, man? Just in your head. Not that this means anything. I'm just curious what your thought is on it. I mean, I don't know if there, I don't know if there's an appropriate a, a window, age. a window. Yeah. Just, Hey man, start thinking about it. Like this is, this is the best time of your life man, to, I, to do that. Honestly, I think probably the best is once you get out of high school and you kind of know what you're going, what you're wanting to do a lot, you know, a lot of people don't think about, they just think about dating in high school. Right. Uh, and honestly, these days they think about having sex. I mean, the porn industry has really ravaged right. a boy's mind, but you know, 
I think after high school, you learn what you're doing. Sure. I'm going to I'm going to college because of this. This is what I want to do. So I'm, that's when he I'm starts learning, thinking and training towards. Yeah, it. I'm learning a trade. I'm do, whatever he wants to do, and that's why I say if you'll find your purpose along the way, you'll find your wife. Producer Jay, what's that? What's that window, man? When a guy should probably be like, man, I need to whittle this down and start really getting serious about getting married. Gosh, I mean, I I probably agree with that. I got married super young. And I know a lot of people who did too, and it did not work for them because they were, they rushed into something. Yeah. But I think I had an opportunity where I had had something for a long time and I was ready to walk into the next phase of it. But yeah, I would, I think I would agree with that. Probably the after high school into college thing. And then JT, your son just got married and he is how old? He's getting married this week. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. It is this week. And how old is he? He is 27. Okay. And then I have a 22-year-old and and prepping for this show, I just asked him out of curiosity. And he said he thought, you know, in his head, 25 or so, which shocked me. Mm -hmm. And the question before that, I said, do you want to be married? And he goes, yeah, I definitely want to be married, which, again, shocked me. Because, yes, he's raised in my home, but he's still living in this culture. So I don't always know what his thoughts are about this. So marriage is a good thing. uh, And there's so much in those moments with Stephen. If you haven't listened, go back and please pick that up because the the three things that we're going to discuss today, we need to really get into another one, JT. So what's that? What's the second area that we're going to talk about? Yeah, let me let me say this. Oh, okay, sorry. Real quick, let me end this section with this because I always want to end with a redeeming fact. If you're listening to this and you and let's say you're you've not made some good choices as far as you're living together uh, or you know the sex part of your relationship is really the, the hyper-focus. Listen, you can actually change that as you're listening to this by making a choice. Look, let me, let me just try what they're saying for a little bit. Cause you know, at least I won't have all the drama that goes on with that. Let, let me just try this. So there's all there, there is a redeeming quality to this, to this, what we're saying. And again, it's going to take you doing it out of duty. It's going to take you, so if you're in a relationship and things are not going great and, and you've chosen kind of that route of cohabitating and living together and trying to do everything but marriage, I, I've had couples that literally said, we're going to sleep in separate rooms because of the, the way the financial system was set up. And I understand, but we're going to honor this part of it until we get married. And every single 100% of those couples that did that choice are doing great. So it is redeemable. Just start making better choices. And speaking of getting physical, how'd you like that? <laughs> speaking of getting Good physical, job. yeah. You know, the other thing that Stephen brought up was take your health seriously. Take your health seriously. And I know that uh, he had a scare, you know, many year, years ago where he went in for a routine physical yeah. and they found cancer. And uh, he didn't really tell many people about it because, you know, I mean, I, w- I don't want to say it wasn't a big deal. It was a big deal. Absolutely. It was a health scare, but yeah. they found it early. And because of they found it early, it got taken care of. And now he's not dealing with that anymore. But it all happened and it all came to light because he just simply took a physical. Yeah. And I know that you and I've gone back and forth with this. <laughs> and because you that's something that you didn't take seriously. Yeah, man. And it, it's a big deal. And, you know, I'm just thinking in my head, even as we walk up to this time, you know, I, I think about the differences between men and women all the time, you know, just 
kind of our perspectives. Like women seem to not have a problem like with this thing, going to the doctor and doing those kinds of things. And I was thinking, is it because even from a young age, women are kind of encouraged to go and get physicals because they have to have OBGYNs and look at a different thing. So it's not that far of a jump for them to go from that to getting a physical, to have regular appointments and all those kinds of things. Where men, I don't know that we're set up from a young age to do the same kind of thing. Yeah. But but yes, I was not trained. And then at, at some point, man, when I made that decision in my life to be uh, faithful, so to speak, to getting these physicals, I wanted everybody around me to get on this train. And it's a thing, it's a drum that I started beating with all my friends and I started checking in with everybody. I'm like, go get a freaking physical, go get a physical, go get a physical. Because I found out things about my own self and and I had ailments and things that could be corrected, but I would have never known had I not gone. Right. And I think, and you came at me like, have you gotten a physical, have you gotten a doctor? And and I, and again, I think it's kind of a, in the past, it's been kind of a, maybe a taboo thing that I don't need a doctor. You know, I, I've heard so many men say, man, every time I go to the doctor, they find something. I'm not yeah. going back there. Yeah. And it's like, that's a weird way to think about yeah, it. Yeah, like they're, they're giving it to you. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm catching this stuff at the yeah. doctor. Uh, no, they're, they're just helping to reveal something that's going on. And I think that what you said is important there are so many things that we could get corrected early on sure. it's, and it doesn't have to be this big surgery or this, you know, maybe it's, they find out, Hey, look, the stuff that you're eating is causing inflammation yeah. in your body. And if you would just change some eating habits, you've extended your life three or four years just on that one thing. And you're going to feel better by doing that. Again, I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier, just about marriage. It's like, but we want to choose things. Because we want to do them and we don't want the consequence. Yeah. Well, if you're going to eat a certain way, if you're not going to work out, walk, whatever, then there are certain consequences that are going to happen. If you don't go to the doctor and get a physical, then you're going to have to deal with the consequences of finding something out when it's going to be something major instead of something minor. You know, there's conversations that men will have to like that. If we don't kind of have it in order in our lives, we won't ask about it in somebody else's life. Yeah. Like if we're going to the gym faithfully, we'll we'll be like, Hey man, when's the last time you went to the gym? But if you're not going and you know, you need to like the last conversation you're going to have with another guy is when you go to the gym Yeah, and you know, going to the doctor is another one of those kinds of things, man. If we don't find value in it ourselves or feel like we're having some level of success with it ourselves, we're not going to challenge the men around us that we love, but the greatest expression of love that we could have for one of the guys in our group is to say, man, stay healthy. I want you to be around. I want to see you live a long life, be with your family. Yeah. But I do want to issue one small descriptor or definition because uh, Stephen said, you know, find a man friendly. And then he went back and changed that wording a little bit, but man friendly. So I wanted to define that for you uh, here today because he was talking about this practice of getting checked, this check that you have to have done when you get over a certain age that no guy likes to have. And I'm telling you guys, if you're looking for a doctor, one good thing to do is to talk to your friends and find a doctor that they appreciate. And we kind of had that conversation, JT. And, but the most important thing that you want to do when looking for a doctor is you're looking for a genetic freak, JT. A genetic freak. Yeah. You're looking for a guy that not only has wisdom and has had the stamina to make it through, you know, 25 years of schooling, man, to become a doctor. <laughs> but you need a guy whose fingers are literally the size of spaghetti. 
boy. I'm just, I'm trying to give you something that's practical here, guys. So when you're interviewing these doctors, man, you don't want the guy that's got that hand that looks like some freaking sumo wrestler, because you have to ultimately think about that this is a guy that's going to be doing your exams, that exam. I just, I just want to throw that out there for a helpful hint, man. And about halfway through this, you had me <laughs> like, I'm thinking this guy's not going to be foolish. He's <laughs> about to shed some wisdom and you just shed foolishness. <laughs> That's what I got, man. You got to go with what you got. Anyway, so now all these guys are going to go in. The first thing they're going to do is look at the doctor's hands. That's, it's important. Well, it's not just that. <laughs> no, it's not just it's, that. But Anyway. But, but I will tell you, as off-putting as that moment is, and it has been that way for the history of every man that's ever had it done, like literally, man, it is not going to be comfortable, but it is one of the most important moments it is that a man will have in his medical life yeah because i mean here's the truth and i've had many doctors say this steven's doctor told him this when when uh when he was there that most men will get prostate cancer most men some men actually even die with it they didn't die from it but they had it so the percentage of men that are going to have this is pretty high so that's why even in this being kind of funny about it, it is important that you Very start important. getting checked early yeah. because you don't want to die of something that could have been prevented. You don't want to put your family through that. 100%. That could have been prevented. And I think that's was Stephen's message. It's our message. You know, look, go get a physical. Don't begrudge it. And again, maybe it goes back to doing it out of duty. I don't want to go do this, but as the leader of my family, as the husband of my wife, as the father of my kids, and now as the grandfather of my grandson, I have a duty to make sure that I do, that I'm doing everything possible to make sure that I'm healthy for them. Great. So, and look, I know it costs a lot of money to go see a doctor. Uh, I know it costs money to be in a gym, but it doesn't have to. You can do body weight. You can do all, you can go for a walk around your neighborhood every day and that'll benefit you way more than sitting and watching TV. So it doesn't have to cost money. You can do it. And while we're talking about money, the third thing that Stephen brought up was debt. Wage war on debt. Wage war on debt. Yeah. And this is a biggie for me. It's very important to me because I've been bankrupt. You know, I've, I have gone through back in 2008 when the housing crash happened. I was a part of all that. I mean, I had, that's when I was building. I had, you know, three homes that that were speculative built, which means that I built it hoping somebody would buy it. And so, man, I was, you know, millions of dollars in debt. And then all that happened and I lost everything. And so, you know, through that, I learned that debt is not your friend. Bankers are not your friend. Credit card companies are not your friend because they don't care. And I'm talking about the institution, not the person. They don't care what you're going through. They want what's theirs. Yeah. And they don't come to you and go, oh, I, oh I'm sorry that you this just happened. Or, I'm, oh, I'm so sorry that. The, no, no. They're going to go. Yeah, we're sorry, but I need that money. Mm-hmm. And we want to be first in line. Yeah. And rightly so. And yeah, I mean, they, and it's their money. It's their money. Yeah. So I've learned through the years that it's best to live inside your means, like don't outspend what your income is. And again, that takes, that takes a discipline. It does take a discipline and it takes a, yeah, I wish I could have that. Okay. I'm going to go get that on credit card and then I'll pay it off. Cause I'm telling you, this culture is lying to you again. 
about debt and about credit card. You think about this. If you've maxed out a credit card, I don't have all these numbers. I'm just now sitting here thinking about this, actually. If you have a $10,000 limit on your credit card and you have that maxed out because of things that you just wanted, then you're paying 20, 17 to 24% of that. So just think you're paying $250, $300 a month just in interest. It's not paying down principal. And so you're doing that month after month. Well, you're just still going in the hole. And pr- I promise you, they will increase your limit to increase what you owe them. Yeah, because after three years, I mean, their debt is paid. So anything on top of that, they're just getting gravy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's why, you know, credit card companies make a lot of money. That's why banks, by the way, have the biggest buildings in your downtowns. Yeah. That's why they got the name on the building, because they make the most money, because they're they're smart with money, and they're they're hoping that you're done with it. Yeah. I mean, it's I'm serious. Yeah. So through the years, I've just learned, you know, look, you know, I, I, I have credit cards, but I pay them off every month. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things, man. Like if we were going to look at the biggest provider of debt, like credit card companies would be that. There's a lot of reasons to fall into debt, man. You can lose your job. You can do all these other things, man, medical expenses. But if there was one thing that everyone could point to that really carried them into huge debt, it's going to be credit cards. And when you talk to young people, I like, I work with a lot of young people. They look at credit cards as status symbols. Yeah. Ooh, I want to get one of those. Ooh, I want to get one of those. I, I need a, a a metal credit card. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those are awesome, yeah. by the way. Those yeah. are like weapons, too. Yeah. Yeah. You can do like the Chinese darts. Oh, yeah. Throw them. But, you know, it, so we look at, at, at those as status symbols, but they're not status symbols. All you're looking at when you see people with these credit cards are people that have the ability to drown themselves in debt. Yeah. Is that really something that you want to strive for? And there are cultures, man, and I won't say which culture it is, but there are cultures, man, around us that are about 95 percent cash cultures. The things that they do, they have enormous amounts of cash accessible to them because that's the idea from day one to save, to get X, to save, to get this. And unfortunately, us in the U.S. as a whole, it's not the way that we are raised. It's not the mentality that's pressed into us. And that's all that we're saying here. That needs to be your mentality. The waiting is hard. We're a microwave society. You know, we're just not able to really fathom the thought of waiting until we can afford the bed or waiting till we can afford to buy the car. We can't think of it. And and you mentioned the credit cards. Yes. When you get to a certain level of income and a certain level of savings, you have the ability to have a nicer credit card. But just like Stephen mentioned, the advantage to that is to let it work for you. Right. You can use it, get the rewards, the points, the benefits, but you pay it as though you are paying cash. So you're still living in a cash society. You've learned how to actually leverage what the credit card company wants to do against them. You get the reward with none of the, the, the cost. Yeah. And I would say, don't let the master card master you, but it needs to be a slave to you and not you a slave to it. And if you could do that, it's like, I get a lot of rewards. So I get a lot of benefits. I'm, I'm, my son's coming up here next week uh, and he's going to fly up. And guess what? I can fly him with my points because I'm using their rewards program to buy benefit. Right. But the thing is this, going back to, it's kind of a theme through this whole podcast uh, with every subject that we talked about is this. Instant self-gratification is not a benefit to you. It actually hurts you. So whether it's the marriage thing, uh, and Stephen said this, and I think it was great, that it's it's the Peter Pan syndrome. You just don't want to grow up. And 
listen, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming that you want to grow. You want to improve. You want to learn. So I'm going to tell you this. If you want to grow up and be a man, then you have to sacrifice self-gratification, instant self-gratification for the betterment of yourself and for you to improve. If you're in debt, it causes stress, which means you better go get a physical, right? It causes undue stress, undue drama to be in debt because then there's the pressure. I mean, how much I know that you didn't always do this right, but it's like how much pressure comes with debt? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a difficult thing. It, it will rob like literally that joyous time of those first, you know, year or five or six when you should just be kind of enjoying everything about each other and new adventures and stuff. If you start off in debt, like that's normally the time in our marriages where we're just creating the economy within our marriage. Like you don't get any of the benefit of those moments, man, because you're so busy trying to take care of your debt, which is, is not fun at all. Yeah. So, and again, uh, we've mentioned if you get into a program and I don't think that we've done a great job probably to teaching people the power of money or how to use money as a tool. Sure. So look, go and Stephen mentioned this, go to Dave Ramsey's. I mean, we don't get anything from him, but go to Dave Ramsey's program. There's other programs out there. He's not the only one, but the point is go get into a program, go get into a study that can teach you how money works so that you can make it work for you. And again, you're not a slave to uh, the credit card companies or, you know, other, other companies that want you to be in debt, student loans, all that stuff. I mean, they don't, they don't mind you being in debt because they, they benefit from it. So just go get in a program Learn how you can make money work for you so that you can leave a legacy to the people behind you. Uh, it's it's a great way to live. So just keeping in mind, you know, with this great podcast that we're kind of breaking down, you know, place a high value on marriage. It's OK to do that even at this time, because there are benefits that only come out of marriage. Yes, there are similar benefits that you can get outside, but there are benefits that only come out of marriage. Take your health seriously, gentlemen. Take it seriously. If you love and care for the men around you, make sure and encourage them to take their health seriously. And lastly, wage war on debt. Credit cards are not a status symbol. They are just a reflection of the amount of debt that people are in. Mastering these things is a part of great manhood. To join the Great Man community or to book Stephen, Anthony, or JT to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. There, you'll also find incredible resources to help you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Wise Company production.